Welcome to the Rhodes Church Podcast. We are so excited to connect with you. We hope that this podcast builds your faith and that you will be encouraged and inspired by this week's message. Okay, my sermon's called Impact Evangelism, and it's about how impactful evangelism is, and that we're all called to evangelize our homes and our cities and our cultures. And I think about, I think about the group of people that just said yes to go into Benton Jail. And they found, they found a messed out Jackie who was hungry for something. And they gave her the invitation to come and meet in relationship the power of heaven, Jesus Christ. And she took it because when we step out and we reach out and we open out and release the kingdom of heaven, things happen. People are touched. The world is changed. And man, I'm thankful about it. I'm pretty hyped about this. Uh, You guys probably can't tell. So uh, I'll do better. Oh, man. Hey, good morning. My my name is Blake. (laughs) I want to welcome you guys all to the roads, whether you're here, you're watching online, or you're watching days from now. We're glad to have you. So here's where I'm going today. I I just, I believe, I believe a lot of stuff about Jesus. And one of the things that I believe is that with Each and every one of us, there is a call in our life to take hope and the kingdom into every corner of our society. And see, I'm going to roll, I'm going to dial it back. I'm going to roll back time. Back to a time when, when, when my religious thinking stopped me from embracing the fullness of evangelism. Because there was a time in my life when I thought, well, well, I'm not, I'm not in the office of an evangelist. So I can't evangelize the nations. I, I'm, not, I'm not going overseas as a missionary. I can't, I can't be an evangelist. I guess, well, bless God, that's just for the pastor to share the gospel to others. I'm telling you, it's where I lived. You're like, what? Yes, that's how I lived. And I was like, hey, I could just excuse it and pass the buck because I didn't feel that way. And now here's the deal, is that there, are, there is the office of evangelists. And, and there is calls to the mission fields to evangelize. But I want to encourage us today, any way that you have felt disqualified to release the kingdom of heaven through your mouth, word, deeds, and actions, we want to break that lie off and empower you in the Holy Spirit today to say, yes, I have an evangelistic gifting to speak about the kingdom to those around me. Hallelujah. And so we just break that lie, the lie that says, no, you can't. No one will listen. You're not called. That's a lie straight from hell. I'm going to show you. Flip open that Bible to Isaiah 61. And see, evangelism can look a lot of different ways. Right? It can be overt. It can be the street preacher uh, that's saying, you know, prepare you the way of the Lord, the John the Baptist style, going out and eating wild honey and locusts. Okay, I don't know. Maybe it's a hipster thing. I don't know. Maybe they'll get into it before long. Um, But it can also look covert where you're the yeast needed into your workplace that causes the whole thing to rise that causes revival to happen in your, in your Walmart, in your Kroger, in your insert other business that you frequent. All right, see, there's, there's, there's this inside of you called the kingdom of heaven. When you accept Jesus, 
All kinds of stuff is downloaded into your spirit man. Right? And so I want to encourage you. All that stuff downloaded, it's there to be released to everyone. It's not just for you. It is for you. But it's also, you are blessed to be a blessing. Right? (laughs) I'm just saying. Jesus on the inside. I was... mm. I had the thought, we're streaming, so bring it back, Blake. Okay. <laughs> Isaiah 61, let's keep it holy. <laughs> I'm playing. Now, this scripture right here. So Jesus, as he begins to step out into the fullness of his ministry and, take, and to take his message of the kingdom of heaven at hand to the world, he picks up the scroll, and he starts to read the scripture, which is like an evangelistic anthem and mission statement, right? And this is how it goes. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. Somebody say good news. news. See, that's also, you could also say gospel, all right? Gospel means good news. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant those who mourn in Zion, to give them a beautiful headdress instead of a garment of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit, that they may be called oaks of righteousness. Do you, do you see something here? Okay, so here's what God, Jesus was releasing as he was saying that. He was releasing what his call to evangelize the world was about. His call was to, was to release this hope and to speak into lives in such a way that those people that were broken and shattered become oaks of righteousness. Because that's the transformation that happens when we accept the Messiah, Jesus' blood over our life. We go in an instant from an old sinful man or woman to the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And then watch this. Verse 4, it rocks your face off. You should probably hold your face right now. They shall be playing. (laughs) <laughs> they shall be they shall build up the ancient ruins they shall raise up the former devastations they shall repair the ruined cities the devastations of many generations who is going to do that the oaks of righteousness who are the oaks of righteousness the broken individuals that accepted jesus and he's transformed their life Come on, somebody, that's me and that's you. And that's a world full of people out there who have yet to hear about the kingdom of God at hand. What? Yes, because what does God do? He takes the broken, weak things of the world and he uses them to change it, to confound the wise. He takes the person who doesn't have a litany of qualifications and puts him in a position of influence or her in a position of influence where without God, they'd never be there. And he impacts the world because that is our God. We can't out-dream. We can't out-out-think. We cannot out-anything our God. Come on, somebody. I feel like somebody's been trying to argue with God even right now. 
and disqualify themselves, disqualify a word that God has spoken to, to them. And I just want to encourage you right now, if God has spoken it in you, let it be true and everything else a lie. Just take a hold of it. He is not going to leave or forsake you. I believe, I believe evangelism should impact. I say it should impact our homes, our families, our workplaces, our work colleagues, our cities, our regions, our states, our nation, and the world. And I believe that, that we are the ones that are called to just release this hope of the kingdom to all the ends of the earth. It's dynamic. It's big. It's muchy. And with God, Holy Spirit, and us working together, it's attainable. Hmm. Think about that for a second. We can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. Nothing's too big when we're working hand in hand with the Father. Oh, but, as soon as you hear that, oh, but, close the door. You know what I'm saying? Like, as it comes up in your brain and it's like ready to like DQ, disqualify what's being said. Not today, Satan. Right? And slam it. All right. Here's where we're going to go. Um, so I want to just, just spend some time talking about how Jesus rolled how he moved in an evangelistic heart, because this is what I believe. I believe that if you take any theology through Jesus and it sticks, it's good to go. Come on, somebody. If you have a question about, mm, take it through the Jesus lens. If it doesn't stick with Jesus, then I would say, I don't know, we're throwing it out. I don't know why the trash can's behind me. It should be. Maybe open the door and throw it away. All right, so anyhow, but let's go there, all right? Because look, what's John 14, 9 say? It says, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. So when we look into Jesus, Jesus only did and said what he heard the Father do and say. So Jesus just, he just represented what he was seeing and hearing from heaven and releasing it to us. And so if we have a question, let's go, to the, let's go to the one who heard from the Father. Now, here's the great part of that. You are also the one that hears from the Father. Any deficit you are having currently in your walk, I'm claiming probably directly relates back to this. Come on. When I get off into crazy, y'all know. You've been there. Crazy's got an address. <laughs> it's me without Jesus. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Somebody's writing that down right now. All right. <laughs> but when I get off into crazy, it's because this isn't lined up. I'm not, I'm not spending the time with him. I'm not spending the time in his word. I'm not spending the time in his worship. And so, like, when I, get, when I get low here, I don't have anything to pour out. Because an empty cup, it can hold, but it can't pour out. I can't evangelize without love to pour out of me. Okay, so I'm going to go through just a few things Jesus did and how he rolled. All right, it's not a comprehensive list. We could be here a couple months probably or more if we went through that. We don't have that kind of time. The time is rolling. I got to keep talking. 
you're like, brother, why do you talk so fast? So I can say more. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's start out. Now, first thing, I, I feel like Holy Spirit was just revealing to me about how Jesus rolled um, in evangelism is that he walked in truth and power. His identity was connected to who the Father said he was. Matthew 3.17. This is talking about this, that connection. What voice are we listening to? Are we listening to the voice from heaven that's declaring who we are? What Papa's promises are for us, what he's empowering us to do, because that's, that's where the power begins. It begins with an alignment with heaven and a relationship with the Father. And so Jesus, okay, Matthew 3, 17. God's like, Jesus is, what's going on? Set the stage, brother. All right, John the Baptist has just baptized Jesus. He's coming out of the water. Dove, voice from heaven. All right. This is my beloved son. In whom I am well pleased. This is my beloved son. In whom I am well pleased. That was the father's voice. Spoken over his son. I want to encourage you right now. To hear the father's voice spoken over you. Here is my beloved child. In whom I am well pleased. Father's heart for you is that you are his child. He is pleased with you. See, now here's the caveat. When we are in Christ and we're through the blood and we are reborn creatures, all right, we are no longer these old, worthless, old men sinners, old woman sinners. We are now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But you know what starts to happen is we disconnect from that. We disconnect from the truth of what God says we are. We believe the lie that I'm still that old man. Oh, why did I act like that? Because that's who I am. And we start to confess and release the very lies about us that is just that's buried in the blood. Do you remember Paul would talk about don't re-nail Jesus to the cross and make his sacrifice of no effect? Let's, let's stop nailing him to the cross. I feel like we got to just take, man, we just got to believe the fact that Jesus said it. So it's who I am thought in opposition. Get out of here, right? I'm going to confess that I am the righteousness in Christ Jesus. He is my father who loves me so much. And see, that opens the door for us to then walk in power. When you're believing the truth about yourself, when you're hearing from heaven about what God is confessing over you, you know what happens to your cup? It's running over. You're letting God fill it up. And see, and see, this is what Jesus did. Jesus just, he, and he would have to pull himself off from like what he was doing at times and just be like, I got to get alone with the Father. Because he knew, he knew he couldn't just keep pouring out and pouring out and pouring out and pouring out and never refill the tank. Come on, that's a message for somebody. All right, if, if the candle is burned at both, both ends and there's no wax but just a wick in the middle... That's free. <laughs> you know how Jesus, you know what Jesus did with the identity that God spoke to him? He, was, he took responsibility. Can we go there? 
He didn't walk as a victim mentality where he was ministering. He wasn't like always blaming the masses. Oh, if they would just, if, if they would just get right, it'd make what I'm doing so much easier. If they would, oh my goodness, I'm the son of God and they're doing this to me. Oh, woe is me. Right? All right, because Jesus decided he's not going to be pitiful. He's going to be powerful. Come on, somebody. And so often, and it's so easy in this climate in our culture to get offended and become a victim. Now, I'm not talking about real victims because there are people that have actually been victimized in a very awful way. But I'm talking about Data Fred, Joe, and Nancy who, oh my goodness, someone didn't say the right thing in the right tone to them and now they're the biggest victim in the world and their love is shut off and they're not loving or evangelizing nothing. Because I'm Fred and Nancy too much. And walking around, waiting for, see, because this is what happens, is when we begin to get in this cycle of offense and victimization, we start to become entitled little brats. And if somebody isn't giving me what I think I need right in that moment, I'm pitching a fit. Reference brat statement earlier. I, listen, I hope that's not too harsh. I hope I'm saying it in love because that's where I get sometimes. And I can't be pitiful and powerful. I got to hear from heaven about my identity, how Jesus did, and roll in that. Roll on, big river. <laughs> Somebody's wanting to say roll on. I know. It was me. <laughs> I wanted to say it. All right. Jesus, what else can we learn about it? He had compassion, and he mined the gold in individuals. It's easy to see the dirt and the bad. I don't have to look that hard, right? We don't have to look that hard. And then you know what happens? We're gonna, we got scripture with this, but I'm going to share this with you for free again. Man, you guys are racking up the freebies up here, I'll tell you. You're going to find what you're looking for. Okay? And, and so when you, start seeing, when you start seeing everything and all the bad and all the negativity, you know what you're going to grow in? Just that. And you know what's going to happen as you see the bad and the negativity about these people and this thing? You're going to start to build an identity for them. You cannot prophesy out truth and love when you've already built an identity of negativity about an individual, about a circumstance, about a group. Okay, let's go somewhere. Matthew eleven nineteen. Let's see what Jesus did. What'd you do, Jesus? What would Jesus do? Yeah, I just went there. Somebody's like still rocking their 90s bracelet, right? What would, WWJD. <laughs> like, bless God, it wasn't a bracelet. I had a necklace. Okay, so this scripture. Oh, man. This one's wicked awesome. Um, the Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, look at him, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Okay, so, so here's, here's the rub on this, is that Jesus came, and how did he come? He came, and he just went to people. He didn't disqualify people because they didn't look a certain way. He didn't disqualify people because they had issues. 
In fact, what did he do? He actually went right up in their mess. Oh, but brother, that's messy. Yup. Can I just pray for them and tell them, bless them on Sunday? Well, I mean, you can. That's good. Do those things. But don't let that disqualify from stepping out into the more and the muchiness of where God is calling us. You know what I also love about this is that Jesus didn't let his truth be affected by what the others were saying. Can I show you this? Because here he was, and he was eating and drinking with sinners. Who isn't? If you're not through the blood, come on, somebody. All right? Now, now he, he, could have, he could have listened to the Pharisees. Look at what he's doing. That's not holy. That's not religious. Ugh. And he could have been like, oh, no. What am I doing? Have I missed God? Well, I've got to, I've got to redefine, my, I've got to redefine my, my theology to match what the masses expect from me. Redefine my belief structure to match the expectation of the crowd. You want a slippery slope full of, full of religious spirits and political spirits? You start doing that. If, we, if, you, if you disconnect from God and you start to build a theology based on opinion, you've got nebulos. Everybody has an opinion. And it's going to change in five minutes if you talk to him long enough, possibly. You cannot live. And this is what I love about Jesus. Jesus did not live his life at the metronome or the thermostat or the thermometer of public opinion. He had to be true to his Father in heaven. And that's what I love. And so he just went to these people. He went to everyone. And he wasn't like, oh, listen, Son of God, rocking it. Got it going on. I don't need to mess my, waste my time with them. Right? But instead, he began to speak life to the broken. He began to get down and, 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 and prophetically release their true identity. And see, if Jesus can do it, God, is, listen to this, God said through him, greater things than these you will do. If Jesus can do it, we can do it. And when we're empowered by the Holy Spirit, the sky is the limit. Actually, there's no limit, so blow the sky off of this thing. That's crazy talk, probably. You know what what happens to me sometimes? I work with lots of people, okay? I'm I'm an elementary school principal. Um, It's awesome. I get to love on kiddos. Um, I get to impact my community from, from there. There's just so many good things that, that what I do allows me to do. But I'm going to be, can I be real? Are you guys okay? Online, you real? When you deal with the public, it's tough sometimes. Okay. Everybody in the public isn't a blood-bought believer. And some of the blood-bought believers, you would rather have a lost person in there sometimes. laughing because you know I'm right. (laughs) So what can happen sometimes is that at the beginning of my day, man, I'm flying high, right? I'm like, yes, I I can have a real situation or issue, and I can just plow through it and be like, yeah, what? Easy. And then by the end of my day, 
after the 500th issue, something tiny can roll up to me. And all of a sudden, the old man is back. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like, Chernobyl, wow, wreck this day, <laughs> right? Like eight hours earlier, I was flying high. What, what's, why? Why, did, why am I old man Blake now? There's a, lot of, there's a lot of places I could go here. But even in the course of my day, I've got to maintain this. Right? I've got to stay close there. And, and see, this is what happens. Is we get busy, don't we? And like in the morning, you're like, oh, yeah, Jesus, we're wrapping in the car. I got up a little early before the BM and we had fun. You know, that kind of stuff. You're like, you're like grooving with God. And so streaming aren't we <laughs> that came out That's, okay and, and so you're grooving in the day right but then stuff starts happening and you're like you're like pulling from the well right you're pulling from the well and you're you're like dealing and you're you're managing but then all of a sudden you forget oh let me have some time let me pull away Oh, but I'm too busy. I'm too busy to pull. I'm just, listen, there's important things that are happening. I can't pull away. And then what starts to happen is then all of a sudden, you start to let the cynicism get in. You start to get cynical and reject. Everybody's pulling on me for this and for that. And there's not enough to go around. And then all of a sudden, my love gets switched off. And then the little thing rolls to the desk that I Chernobyl over. So I'm saying right here, I can make it through the day, staying connected to the Lord and releasing kingdom at every moment. Why do I know that? Because Jesus did it. And he told me that greater things than this you will do. Just saying. But brother, I had a way out. I'm not Jesus. That's true. That's true. But he lives inside of you. All right, let's go. The third one. I got to move fast. All right, so we got he brought healing and restoration, and he called things back to life. He stirred up dreams and hope in people. I was going to go to Matthew 9. So if you want to go to Matthew 9, that's fine. But I'm going to tell you a little story about Matthew 9 while we're going there. So, so Jesus... He released hope, he stirred up, he brought restoration. So he's hanging with his homies, and this dude rolls up in there, and he's like, my daughter's really sick, can you come with me and heal her, because I know you can do that. And Jesus was like, yeah, let's go, which I think is awesome, because <laughs> I'm just saying, like, how about those moments, like, at the end of the day, when the person that comes in, and I'm not talking like an energy leech, I'm talking about someone comes in, like, with some issues going on, and you're like, oh really? I got sweatpants that are just needing someone to fill them up, and you got issues. But Jesus was just like, let's bounce. Let's go. Let's do it. He just heard from heaven, and he just like moved in that, which I think is awesome in itself, all right? And he rolls out, and then on his way, watch this, on his way to get to where he was going, this woman with an issue of, of blood comes up in this situation and was like, if I can just touch the hem of your garment, I'll be whole. And he was like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Maybe, I don't, you know, it's vague in the Hebrew, the Greek. Okay, but, um, 
But he does. He heals her. He's like, your faith has made you whole, which is awesome because here's Jesus on the way to do something for someone else, and someone else is pulling on him. Right? And yet he's able to, in that moment, release hope. Why? Because he'd been filled up. All right, and then he, gets to the, then he gets to the house of the guy who had came with the daughter that was sick. She died. Spoiler. Sorry. I hadn't read that yet. <laughs> All right, well, it happened. Okay, but this is what happens, is that the Messiah gets there, and people are, like, playing the flutes, and they're, like, doing, like, the wedding dirge, all that stuff. And he was like, she's not dead. She's just sleeping. And they laughed at Jesus. You know what I love about this? Their laughter and judgment didn't sway him from his purpose. Can can we just throw it out there? That anytime you're stepping out and you're releasing hope to the world and and you're stepping into greater levels with God, not every single human you meet is going to be your biggest cheerleader. And you shouldn't need that. I'm preaching to myself as much as anything. We don't have to have that. If we have the the heaven initiative, then God is going to supply all that we need. Now, I'm telling you, it feels nice to have this, right? But if that's all you're after, that's all you'll get. And then you know what else about that? When this ends, so will your motor to carry it out. But see, we have a greater engine burning inside of us called the Holy Spirit who's stirring up with fire the momentum to take us down the road. And so Jesus in that moment, he was not swayed by the laughter, but he was swayed by the purpose. And his purpose was to go in there and bring back to life what was dead. And he did. And then you think about a family that was changed because Jesus wasn't stirred in the camp of public opinion. Because somebody got their little girl back. Somebody got their, their future mom back. Somebody got their future, their, their, their future spouse back. Why? Because Jesus saw it through. Oh, man, that's powerful. Woo. <laughs> Let's do the fourth one. All right. You're like, what is it? What is it? I want to know. Um, Jesus impacted and changed regions. And he equipped and empowered his followers to go and change the world. I mean, we could go right to Matthew, city on a hill. You don't take a, you don't take a candle and put it in a bushel. No, you're going to let it shine, right? <laughs> we know that. But the scripture I want to land on is Jeremiah 29.7. This one wrecks, just wrecks the heart of the human. But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare, you will find your welfare. Seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you. Where are you at right now? And I want to talk in in, in multiple terms. Where are you at right now in your home and your family? Where are you at in your job, in your school? 
Where are you at in your city? Because you know what happens to me sometimes? Is that, is that I start to see, I start to see all the, all the headaches and uck surrounded by those areas. All right, and, and so instead of seeking the welfare, I start disconnecting and throwing the stone. Well, this is what's wrong, and this is this, and this is that, and well, I could, and I start playing the victim card. I could if so-and-so would do whatever, and I'm waiting for my rescue. Where's my hero to come in and save? Looking for a hero. No, but see, but that's where we get because that's what a victim mentality gets you. It gets someone who is your bully. You play the victim, and you're waiting on the great hero. The hero already came and he nailed himself to a cross and filled you with the Holy Spirit to go forth and conquer any devil put in front of you. Come on, somebody. That's a good word. All right, now, hey, here's the deal, is that our city where you're at, your destiny is tied to it. Think about that for just a second. Before your brain, like, melts down. Where you're at... Your region, whether it's Mount Carmel, Albion, Edwards County, North City, Carmi, Harrisburg, El Dorado, Galatia, Marion, West Frankfort, Carbondale, wherever your city is or your region, I want to encourage you, serve it. When you go to work there, you are bringing the kingdom of heaven. You are going in as an evangelist, as someone that has the kingdom and the kingdom principles inside of you. So, so just, like, just like yeast, right? We put it in dough and then we do our doughy thing and we knead it and we throw it in the oven and it, it, it starts to rise. Why? Because you put yeast in it. You don't put the yeast in, you got great flat bread. <laughs> Cracker. Who are you calling cracker? No, I'm playing. <laughs> <laughs> Streaming again. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, like, seriously, though, you are the yeast in your workplace. You are the yeast in your family. You are the yeast. In El Dorado, in Harrisburg, in Carmi, in Albion, in North City. You are the thing in that region that's bringing the kingdom in to make that area better. You releasing what's inside of you through word, through deed, through prayer, through service. I've got this, this awesome human that, that I work with. And she has such a great servant's heart. She loves to like do things for, for our staff. And uh, it's awesome for me because I'm just able to like cheerlead and be like, yes, that's another great idea. Let's, let's, let's definitely have a potato bar, you know, or <laughs> it's scriptural. Jesus fed them and then he talked to them. Order is vague. No, yeah, you know what I'm saying. All right. But like she will serve in humility, right? And then you know what will happen? People are even having bad days or grumpy or grunchy at times will release gratitude because something good was done to them. Right? I love that scripture about the goodness of God leads people to repentance. Because when we show the goodness of heaven, the goodness of the kingdom to our world, 
it impacts. It's impactful. You know why? Because for a lot of reasons. But one of the things is, is that when you see it, you know that's the better portion. It's like the guy found the pearl. And he was like, I'm selling it all to buy the field that this is in because it's better. And then those broken people begin to rebuild. Your kindness, your heart, the kingdom inside of you that you release out touches their life. They come to know the hope that's inside of you and then their family is changed. Do you remember that scripture in Isaiah? It said they begin to then rebuild the ruined cities. They begin to re write history about the generations that have gone. Do you know that your bringing kingdom into places can cut off generational curses? You can end lines of death over a family, over a home, over a place just by being you and releasing the hope that's in you. That's the call. Oh, it's beautiful. It's what Jesus would do. There's this cool thing. Um, when he's talking to his apostles, his disciples, he changes his language. In Matthew 10, you see this. He's talking to his disciples. And remember, he's the rabbi, he's their teacher. Disciples are followers. Um, and he changes what he calls them. And he calls them apostles. Now, apostle is a Greek word. It just means sent. But in the time that Jesus was rolling... Rome was using this apostleship in a certain way. See, Rome would conquer places, right? And you would conquer a region, and then if you left it, even though it was a conquered place, you know what would happen? It would go right back to how it was before. It's like the proverb, a dog returns to his vomit. We return to old patterns. So what the Romans would begin to do was they would send apostles. They would send people with the authority of Rome to bring the culture, the education of Rome to that region. So that if you went to that region, it looked, it functioned, it behaved like Rome. Jesus switches it up and he tells his disciples, you are apostles. Take the kingdom into anywhere you go. Take the kingdom into the culture of where you live, of where you work, of how you do. Watch this. And, and in verse 7 of Matthew 10, it says, And proclaim as you go, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. That's the authority that Jesus gave these apostles. These evangelists to a region. He said, this is what's working in you. The authority of heaven. And then in Matthew 28, he says to them in verse 18, all authority in heaven. Somebody say all. All authority in heaven and on the earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all I have commanded to you. That's what's in us. 
in you, in me, is the kingdom. And Jesus is sending us out with the authority, his authority, all authority in heaven to salt the earth, to sprinkle flavor into everything. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to give, please visit us at theroads.church. To stay connected, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel to watch our latest sermons.